So thank you very much for having me. I promise to be as brief as possible. Um, I am an academic, and so I'm paid by the minute, uh, by the word usually, and that means that the incentives are mal-aligned. Um, virtually every discussion, every debate, every lecture about healthcare delivery starts with some variant of this slide. The world is changing and things are getting complex. Uh, um, there were fewer than 100 publications from randomized controlled trials in the medical literature. Uh, in uh, 1966, there are, were over 16,000 in 2006. Clearly, the complexity of the knowledge base upon which we draw when we treat patients is skyrocketing not only in volume, but also in sophistication. The work has become more complex. Two generations ago, uh, uh, patients who now live long enough to have four or more chronic diseases would not have survived, and they do. Um, SHC is the Stanford Hospital and Clinics. Their CEO was telling me a couple of days ago that on average there are 112 caregivers per admission in her institution, and the average caregiver walks eight miles uh, uh, a day. Um, and in case you hadn't noticed, we have moved into an era of team-based play. Of course, the ratio of, non, of physician to non-physician clinicians was 1 to 3 at the turn of the 20th century, and it's 1 to 16 at the turn of the, the 21st century. And of course, finally, it's getting quite expensive. In the US, we've given up talking about healthcare um, in as cost in terms of the percentage of GDP. We now just talk about how many more years to the bankruptcy of the Medicare fund. Um, and the most recent uh, estimate is you know, five or six. Of course, um, the other thing that's happened is that uh, public's expectations of what it is we actually do for them have changed. The public and regulators have stopped thinking about what it is we do for them in terms of providing services, uh, and they have started thinking in terms of providing outcomes. And in fact, Lord Darcy uh, spoke this morning and pointed out how successful we've been at reducing waiting lists in this country. So now the service provision stops being the really big issue. The big issue is what is it that we are getting for the services that we provide. And in the US, this is subtly changing. We're moving towards all sorts of payment systems that are predicated on outcome as opposed to on service. Bundled payments, episode for care, episodes of care, pay for performance, all kind of outcomes oriented. Now, the people I learn from and occasionally teach who come from other industries tell, will tell you that running an organization whose job it is to deliver services is fundamentally different from running an organization whose job it is to deliver an outcome. They're very different kinds of organizations. They have different missions. They have different orientations. The way they measure their performance differs. The kind of people they hire, the kind of work they do, these all differ. So on the service delivery side, our interest is in measuring and managing transactions. The focus of, of, of knowledge is the individual practitioner. Uh, um, and the clinical perspective is the individual patient interaction. If you're running an organization that's responsible for delivering outcomes, on the other hand, then you measure outcomes. And the locus of knowledge becomes the organization as much as, as the individual. Similarly, those uh, uh, people within the organization focus as much on designing and running systems as they do on, on individual interactions. Now, the reason I say this is because our the design of what we've done in healthcare delivery over the 20th century is now subtly changing. What we used to do is take patients with a problem, with a health problem, and try and get a better outcome for them. And we did that by putting uh, um, practitioners with knowledge 
and technologies of various varieties into the same room as the patient. So those technologies, as we've heard a lot today, were information technologies, but they're also investigative and therapeutic technologies. And organizations largely in the US have been judged by how well they bring physicians and technology together in the same room. What's changed is, of course, we've started worrying about what happens inside the room. And we've started over the last decade beginning to think about managing processes and designing and controlling those processes, actually interfering with what happens in the room. So we see in the literature, in the management and the medical management literature, the growth of our understanding of the importance of organization in all its forms. Reliable processes we know are associated with reductions in mortality, reductions in error, reductions in cost. They mit against, against the, the July effect, something we talk about in the States. As you know, all the junior physicians start on the 1st of July, and there are places in which the mortality rate is demensurably higher in July than it is elsewhere, except we think in those hospitals that have got very robust processes and very robust routines. They protect uh, against the July effect. We know that organizational culture is central to creating a context in which reliable and effective processes are designed and managed. And as we do that, we begin to stop thinking of the individual doctor as the unit of analysis and begin to think of the process and the team as the, as the unit of analysis. So if doctors, if organizations are becoming uh, so much more important, then why is it that uh, doctors are not more involved in leading organizations at all levels? And one can imagine there might be an, a number of reasons for this. Perhaps it's because we continue to train doctors uh, to think in terms of the individualistic model of medical practice. The patient's outcome is all about me and what I do, and my individual excellence is the goal here. Perhaps it's because we have a mental model that the traditional role of the hospital is to provide the resources that doctors use to care for patients, is as a service organization providing services to the doctor. Perhaps it's because we classically perceived a, a, a separation between the practices of, the med of medicine and the practice of management. Osler, at the turn of the century, turn of the 20th century, uh, in uh, Johns Hopkins was writing that in fact it was bad for patients, for doctors to be involved in the business aspects of, of, of running the hospital. And that mentality really influenced thinking in the United States for most of the century. Perhaps we tend to uh, equate management with business. Perhaps we, uh, 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 because we, we don't like the idea of making profit uh, of uh, patient care, we tend to uh, shy away from management in all its uh, forms because we are concerned that, that somehow management and business are, are, are the same thing. Or maybe there's a question of a matter of perspective. When managers look at healthcare delivery, and often they draw upon a, a line of reasoning and a kind of mental model that derives from engineering, they see a job shop. They see a bunch of resources whose performance can be optimized by optimizing capacity utilization, lots of MRIs per 24-hour period, lots of visits per doctor. They see it as organizations whose performance can be optimized by the appropriate allocation of resources and particularly through standardization of processes. The current fad, as you know, is to draw on thinking from the Toyota production system and to, to do that. But when doctors look at exactly the same thing, they see highly variable events 
mostly decisions and tasks for which they are responsible, and they see variation wherever they look. They see variation in the nature of patient problems. A health problem manifest in one patient is not the same as a health problem, the same problem manifest as another. They see uh, heterogeneity in patients who present a mix of different pa problems, one patient to the next. They see variability in uh, understanding. We know a lot more about how to manage diabetes than we do about how to manage schizophrenia. And hence, diabetes has become the poster boy for uh, pay for performance models. They see variation in quality of resources. And of course, they see variation in the way doctors are paid, at, at, at least in the United States. So with that, here's our debate. If we think that the evidence is suggesting that public expectations are changing to expect outcomes rather than services, and outcomes are a function of organizational excellence as much as they are of individual excellence, what then for the role of the doctor in the organization? Should doctors be taking a leadership role, especially given this very different set of perspectives between managers and doctors? What is it that they should be doing? What do they lead? Can they lead? Uh, uh, or are they already? And I leave it open to the panel to, to start us down there. Thank you very much.